This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Did I get it all said? Seems like, you know, it just rolls off the tongue. And sometimes it's like, did I get every bit of it out? And I think I did, because the timing usually always works out where I finish saying my opening statement, my intro, right as the music completely fades out. I usually hit it pretty well. Uh, Anyway, uh, I have to start this show with uh, with one of these. It's not true, it's not true. I'm telling you, cause I'm up here and you're nowhere. It's not true. So there. Well, so last week, I, uh, as the show was coming to an end, you know, how I have my sounders that end the show, I try to vary them up a little bit, but it always starts off with the sound clip from the brilliant comedy from the 1970s, Young Frankenstein. It's just awesome. It's the, in my estimation, it's the last really good Mel Brooks movie. Uh, and uh, he wrote it alongside, uh, along with, uh, Gene Wilder. It's a terrific movie. It's just, it's, I think it's just so good from beginning to end. It's really good. It, the performances, everybody's good in it. Madeline Kahn's terrific. Uh, Gene Wilder, of course, is great. Peter Boyle, Terry Garr, Marty Feldman. They're all just, uh, Ken Mars. They're all great in this movie. It's just, and Cloris Leachman as Frau Blucher, Blucher, <coughs> uh, is also terrific in it. And I play this little sounder where it says, you know, where she, where Cloris Leachman playing Frau Blucher says, Good night, Herr Doctor. And, and then Dr. Frank says, Good night, Frau Blucher. And then we hear the horses all whinny because they get freaked out by her, apparently. It's this running joke, it's running gag that goes through the movie. It's, it's funny. And as the show, as I played that sounder, and just before I start saying, you know, be, you've been listening, you know, be skeptical, extraordinary claims, all that, you've been listening to Dimline Radio, I said, uh, it just hit me because I said, I started saying, oh, Blucher is German for glue. Blucher means glue in German. It's the, this, this, I was so impressed because uh, uh, I, I just learned it earlier in the week. From I'm pretty certain of this from the Dana Gould Hour, which is Dana Gould's podcast. Which if you haven't listened to that, it's really really good. I mean, it's a terrific podcast. Uh, it's not an hour. It's usually two and a half hours, maybe three. Comes out once a month. Uh, he's he sometimes he gets it gets disrupted. It gets a little delayed, but he's been getting better at uh, getting them out uh, once a month, and. He, you know, if Dana Gould is a is a comedian, uh, an actor, writer, uh, he has a show on one of the cable networks called Stand Against Evil, which he created and and, and wrote and stuff like that. Uh, he used to work on The Simpsons for a while. He's he's just very funny. My wife and I saw him uh, do a, a comedy deal over at uh, the Acme Comedy Club over in Minneapolis, and he, and he was just. Very, very funny. And his podcast is funny, and it's informative, and it's good to listen to. He has interesting guests on there. They do talk some politics sometimes. They talk uh, about anything, really, about comedy, about movies, about whatever that strikes them. And in the middle of his show, he'll do a little 
a little history of something. He'll talk about an event, or he'll talk about it, uh, a movie in particular, or uh, an actor, or uh, just in the most recent ep- uh, podcast, he did a, a history of uh, uh, Roy Orbison. And it's just, as far as I can tell, seems to be pretty well researched, deep dive into the stuff, and you get some good information from him. And then, and then he uses that as a you know you know good story if it ends there, right? That's what he says. But you know you can learn more by, and then he suggests some books or uh, that you can read on, on Amazon or uh, that you can buy the DVD or if he talked about a particular movie or something like that. Uh, and and then you know if you click through my site to Amazon, you know, that gives us a little bit of money, doesn't cost you anything, yeah, that kind of thing. They do, do the advertising. In fact, his ads that he does on his show, he does he does the ads himself. Uh, they, it's one of the, I think it's the only podcast that I don't rush to fast forward through the ads. I, well, I could pull my, you know, iPod out of my pocket and fast forward through the ads because I can't stand most of them, listening to them. I do it all the time. Except, and his, I don't mind it because there's there's the way he produces them, the way that he he reads the copy, the way that he it's just it, he does those things. It's just for some reason I don't I almost feel like it's part of the show. <laughs> and the only other time that I would listen to ads uh, on 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 a podcast was when I used to listen to Adam Carolla before I got tired of his "I'm a rich guy because I work harder than you" bullshit. Um, uh, when I would listen to him, he would do live reads, and but he would intersperse the ads within the ad, the live read. He would intersperse jokes. He would he would go off on a tangent. So an ad might take ten minutes to do when it would normally take maybe two, uh, because he would he would do a story or something right there in the middle, and I, you don't want to miss content for the show. So anyway, if you haven't listened to the Dana Gould uh, Hour, his podcast, if you haven't listened to it, I highly highly recommend that you do. But I blame him <laughs> because I took him at face value. I didn't. I, I didn't research it. You know, a lot of times you see something. I see something on Facebook, and I think, well, that seems too good to be true. And I look it up to see if it's true or not. And uh, I didn't do that with him because he, for as far as I was concerned, he had established himself as being you know, knowledgeable, and these things seemed to check out. Uh, but. He was talking with somebody. They were talking about the the brilliance of Mel Brooks and the, the young Frankenstein comedy. And it came up that the name Blucher was German for glue. And he said, "What a what a great bit of uh, layered comedy that is. That it's it's a deeper joke that not everybody's going to get. But Brooks is so brilliant, he puts it in there. And so that's I thought that was great. So when the show was coming to an end last week." I remembered that little factoid, and I threw it out there. Well, (laughs) uh, when a friend of the show and a friend of mine, uh, Michael, uh, listened to last week's show, he sent me a message. He said, dude, (laughs) that's not true. That's a myth. And and, and he he backed it up. He said, uh, you know, according to IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, in uh, one of the trivia informations they have on it, they say that 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 story goes around, but it's it's a myth, and they think they've tracked it back to uh, 2009 when Cloris Leachman, the woman who played the character, was in being interviewed, and she said in that interview that that she was told by Mel Brooks that the name of the character means glue. Um, so. I don't know if she was having the the interviewer on, if she was putting that person on, or if Mel Brooks was putting her on. We don't know, but that's that's what IMDb says seems to be the the start of that myth. Well, it turns out if you do, uh, if you know the German language, you'll know that Blucher is not the word for glue. And I didn't think to check on that, but once Michael told me about it, I said, well, okay, let's go, well, what is the German word for glue? So I go to Google Translate, and um, there are so, there are a few choices, but the first one that comes up is uh, Kleben, uh, K-L-E-B-E-N, Kleben, and, but then there's Leiman, L-E-I-M-E-N, there's Verleiman, uh, V-E-R-L-I-L-E-I-M-E-N, and Poppen, uh, P-A-P-P-E-N. They all mean glue 
variants of glue, and it's usually sort of in the verb tense. Uh, the noun for glue, I just put wrote down one. It's kind of the Kleben is sort of based on it. Der Klebstoff. Uh, it's K-L-E-B-S-T-O-F-F, -F, I think. Or is it A-F-F? -F? I don't know. I uh, can't read my writing. But that that's the noun glue. So, And then there's a couple others that are based on the other words I said. But there's no blucher. So I verified it, looked it up, <laughs> and I, I'm sure that, um, that uh, Dana Gould will probably hear from some <laughs> listeners. They'll say, uh, Dear Mr. Gould, uh, you said on your last episode at uh, the 15-minute uh, uh, mark, uh, whatever he said it, I don't know, <laughs> that uh, uh, Frau Bucher's name meant glue. Uh, it does not, in fact, mean glue. It's, uh, according to IMDb, Blucher's uh, a common name in uh, surname. Is that the right word? Surname? Last name? Surname? Is that what that is? Yeah. It's a common name in German, uh, like like Jones. So, so... Frau Blucher, meaning uh, Blucher meaning glue, uh, in the movie Young Frankenstein, which is brilliant, and would have been awesome if it did. If they named her uh, Frau Kleben, that might have been cool. But yeah, but uh, Blucher kind of sounds funnier when they blurt it out. Uh, it's not. It, it doesn't mean glue. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. I'm telling you, cause I'm up here in your it's not true. So there. Well, on the old Facebook, I made a mention of something that bothers me. Um, I'm not easily offended, but I am easily annoyed. And um, you know, I'm a baseball fan, correct? Uh, which, oh, by the way. It's nice to see that the hated Yankees don't just do it to the Twins. Uh, I was watching uh, a game last week. Uh, it was the the Yankees against uh, the Boston Red Sox, which that's that's one of the major riv sports rivals in all the sports. It's one of the biggest ones. And uh, they were playing in, in New York, uh, and it was a back-and-forth kind of game. And both teams are pretty good this year. The Yankees started off a little iffy, but then they've just they've come on and they're probably about the hottest team there is right now. And the and the Boston started off a lot better than they you know they sort of cooled off a little bit, but they're still pretty good record. And at, at, I think the when I was watching the game, I think it was Wednesday, they both had identical records: uh, 25 wins, 10 losses. Uh, so they're against each other, and it was going back and forth, and it got to be. Uh, the bottom of the eighth. You know, it's in it's in Yankee Stadium, so the Yankees are up, and the uh, the Boston's were up by I think it was a score of uh, uh, six seven to six. They were up seven to six, and and yeah, they'd have to get the they'd have to get six outs. They got to get the you know bottom of the eighth, bottom of the ninth. Got to get those those outs, and uh, they couldn't <laughs> in the bottom of the eighth. What ended up happening? Yankees score three runs. They go ahead nine to seven, and then they bring their closer in for the top of the ninth. This Araldis Chapman fellow, and he throw he throws. I mean, he throws high heat. You know, he just he throws the ball fastball at 100 miles an hour, 102 miles an hour, something like that. And it was I don't know how. I mean, I don't think I could hit a ball moving 30 miles an hour. I don't know how these guys hit it that they do it it's amazing it's i mean it's it's long been said the most difficult thing in all of sports to do is to hit a you know a 90 mile an hour fastball uh and a 100 mile an hour fastball has got to be nearly impossible and the Sox couldn't do anything and they had to lose in the game so it, it it's not just the twins that the yankees allow to get a lead and then at the end of the game win it it's not just the Twins that they do that to. They do it to other players, other other teams. And in fact, they were showing a, a, a list of uh, um, uh, games where they were behind by you know one or more runs in the eighth inning or something. And it was something like five games at that point 
they had been you know been behind another team in those late innings and they won four of the games or it was six games and they won four of them it's something like that and then you just add that one to it so the hated Yankees I'm telling you lots of, I don't blame the Bostons for hating uh, the the Yankees and I'm sure the Bostons don't blame the Twins and Minnesota fans from from hating the the Yankees but okay so it's nice to see that that uh, happens to them but the thing that annoyed me was I was watching the game and the, the, the game's getting started uh, or just before they're doing the, the pregame ceremonies in the national anthem and that kind of thing but before they do the national anthem they bring out a group of cherubic faced 10 year old kids all wearing the same t-shirt from some school in the area come out to sing God Bless America well you know I'm an atheist and that's going to come up later in the show uh, you know I'm an atheist and so it bugs me I mean I used to think that at least the Star Spangled Banner you know, our national anthem our actual national anthem it's, it's cool because there's no mention of God when we stand and, and sing the anthem or somebody sings it when we stand for it there's no mention of God but <clears throat> the poem on which it is based that was written by uh, Francis Scott Key is it's longer than what we sing in the song uh, you go further into the lyric, into the into the poem or the lyrics, if you want, whatever you want, whatever the word is for it. There is a mention of God in there somewhere, either as providence or what I can't, I don't remember exactly. But when I found that, I went, oh man. But at least, at least it's it's kept secular for what we use for the national anthem. At least it's done that. But. Out come the kids, they sing God Bless America. And I've complained about how in the seventh inning stretch, that's in the middle of the seventh inning, uh, they you know, they, they take a little extra time between innings so people can stand up and stretch their legs and everybody sings, take me out to the ball game. That's been a tradition for I don't know how many years. And, and it happened organically. It wasn't because some planes were flown into a building in the you know in New York City, so now the Yankees are forcing everybody to start singing "God Bless America" during the seventh inning stretch. Uh, it it seems to be backing away, but it you know I, I don't like the forced tradition thing. But then again, I don't know how "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" came to be a tradition in the seventh inning stretch. Uh, the song was written by some guy who was a vaudeville performer guy. He was riding a subway train or something in New York and. He saw the advertisement for a ball game that for coming up. Uh, somebody was holding a newspaper or something. And he was inspired to write this song. And he wrote it and recorded it and put it out there. It didn't really do anything. But then over time, it got picked up. And I, I wish I knew how it, how it worked its way into being sung in the game in the seventh inning stretch. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe somebody forced it in there and said, Well, well as long as we're taking a stretch, why don't we sing a song? What should we sing? Uh, you know, how about this song? I don't think there's any mention of God in it. Anyway, what annoyed me was when these kids start singing God Bless America, people are standing and they're putting their hands over their hearts. You know, you're supposed to do that during the national anthem. God Bless America is not our national anthem. You don't put your hand over your heart. You don't have to stand. You, 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 don't, you don't do that. And so I took to Facebook and, I, and, I, and, I, and that's what I said. I said, note, you do not put your hand over your heart for God Bless America. You do that for our national anthem Star Spangled Banner. So please, knock it off, or something like that. And I had a couple people respond by saying, no, 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 you you put your hand over your heart for the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, not the National Anthem. And I went, oh, people are wrong on the internet. <laughs> really? You don't know this? So I looked it up. I went and found the, I went and found the information, which <clears throat> I found it in the U.S. Code... Title 36, Subtitle 1, Part A, Chapter 3, Subsection 301 gives the guidelines on what you do when at a public event and the national anthem is being played. Uh, let's see, I printed it out so that I could read the whole thing. And I'm going to do that for you now. Uh, it's, this, it's this conduct during the playing of the national anthem. Uh, when the flag is displayed, when it's when the flag is displayed, if it's not displayed, you're supposed to face where the music music is coming from. But when the flag is displayed, uh, there's it's broken into three sections here. A, individuals in uniform should give a military salute at the first note of the anthem and maintain that position until the last note. 
B. Members of the armed forces and veterans who are present but not in uniform may render a military salute in the manner provided for individuals in uniform. That, that's part A, you know, to like salute like that from the first note to the last. And C. All other persons present should face the flag and stand at attention with their right hand over their heart. And men, not in uniform, if applicable, should remove their headdress with their right hand and hold it at the left shoulder, the right, the hand being over the heart. Okay, that's what you. So yes, yeah. I and I. Well, it doesn't say in there. You're an American citizen. If you're not, if you're a Canadian, come down. You you you, you know. When we go see hockey games and there's a Canadian team that's there, they we sing the Canadian. You know, well, we don't sing it, but it's performed the Canadian national anthem. But we stand for it. You know, out of respect, I suppose, for our friends from north of the border. So, yeah, you do that. Um, but I mess things up in my explaining this to them. And I'll explain how I mess that up when I get back from this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. At ztalkradio.com, I shall return in a bit. Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. This is Meryl Streep. There's so much in life we can't control. But here's something we can, colorectal cancer. It's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., but it is almost entirely preventable. Screening finds polyps so they can be removed before they turn into cancer. If you're over 50, get screened for colorectal cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'm about to explain how I screwed up the uh, the thing there uh, with the national anthem, which you're supposed to do, and how I screwed it up in my explaining to these two people that they were wrong uh, was, well, I, I included a link to the U.S. Code, and but I also included a pull quote. I pulled a little quote out of there, but I condensed part of it and put it in parentheses. I probably should have put it in brackets outside of the quote markers. Maybe in the, I'm not. It's a way to do it to 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 supposed to show the person that this wasn't said in there, but we're we're putting it in there. It's a, I tried to condense it, but I made it confusing. I, I I didn't realize that at first, and well, one of the people that 
had objected and said it was just for the Pledge of Allegiance, immediately said, oh, and he gave me one of those, you learn something every day or every now and then or whatever. Uh, didn't know that. Thanks for the information. The other person, though, took me to task. And they said, well, that's pertaining to military and not in uniform or milita uh, you know, non-active military and, 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 and veterans, which is my, un my awkward way of putting things. So then I tried to clarify it, but I still didn't quite do it right. I was paraphrasing then each of those A, B, and C points that I read to you just before. Instead of just cutting and pasting and putting them, well, here's what it says. You know, go to the link and read it. I should have said, read that again. He said, well, I'm, 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 your quote that you got up there, that's what it says. And, then I, and I said, but, so I, I said, uh, I clarified the, the, the first part, part, part A, where it says individuals in uniform should give a military salute. But it doesn't say military member individuals in uniform. It just says individuals in uniform, which I take to mean, which I assumed, and again, I shouldn't have done that, I assumed meant included police and firefighters because I've, well, my assumption was they don't specify military as far as people, individuals in uniforms, and I... Pretty, I'm pretty sure I've seen police and firefighters, police at, at least, salute during the national anthem. So I included that, and then he brought objections to that, and then I, I, my, you know, he did it well. He did some good objections. He said, you know, you're either being disingenuous or you're being sloppy here. And I looked at it and, and looked at it again and said, you know, and I said, you know, I'll concede that I shouldn't have said the police and firefighters because I was assuming facts, not in evidence. Uh, but I said the code has to do with you know it's not just the it's not the U.S. military code the code has to deal with all kinds of things with do with, uh, with government it deals with Congress and the president and agriculture and 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 patriotic displays and 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 the armed forces and veterans you know it has all kinds of uh, stuff that it covers and, and you know and 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 how you stand in the national anthem is one of them. But then I kept, you know, so I thought I'd, I thought I'd settle it, but then I looked back again and read what he had said and read what I had written, and I went, oh, man, I know how this, I got this wrong. And I said, you know, so-and-so was right to take me to task because I had it wrong. This is what it says. And then I copied and pasted it in there. This is what it says. <laughs> and and I think at some point in there, I also put in another reference to a, a BBC article where they summarize what Americans do for the national anthem, because I think that the article had to do with something about Donald Trump not putting his hand over his heart or something. I don't know, but when I realized, I said, "Well, you know, I was I was wrong there, and and so and so was right to uh, to take me to task. I need to clarify this. I need to get it right," which is what I try to do in the show. When I you know when I screwed up the Flower Brooker thing, I fixed it, you know, because I found out I was wrong, and I wanted to make sure that that. I clarify things and get things right. So you got to be careful on the internets because, you know, the people who are wrong on the internet might be you. <laughs> and in this case, even though I was right that you don't stand and put your hand over your heart for God Bless America, you do that for the National Anthem, even though I was right about that, I didn't express it very well. But while this was going along, while this discussion was happening, it didn't happen right from the beginning, but while it was going on, and we're going a little bit back and forth, it occurred to me, you know, there's one argument in here that if anybody makes it, they win. You know, I, and I, I was hoping that uh, somebody would make it, and someone did. And my friend Douglas popped in there, and he said, uh, he essentially said, hey, this is the goddamn United States of America. We can do what we want. And then he, you know, and he was doing it, and he put some some satirical hashtags in there and I responded by yes <laughs> Douglas is right they it is a free country he, that is the correct answer I don't have an argument against it if people want to stand and put their hands over their hearts for God bless America they can it's a free country they can do it you know it's their right but it's still going to annoy me and I'm still going to complain about it because that's my right So speaking of God Bless America and all this stuff, uh, I heard this on uh, local, local uh, well, it's sports talk radio, but the guy who does the show during midday 
um, he'll talk about politics and stuff, and and he'll, he's a global climate change denier, and uh, he's he's a, he's a old curmudgeonly conservative type, and sometimes he's got a good point, but sometimes he doesn't, and most of the time he just annoys me when he gets, especially into the global climate change thing. He just he's a denier, and he says, oh, he even says I'm a denier, and and all that. It's like he's a proud of it, you know. And I won't go too deep into it, but I've talked about him before. I've mentioned him before. His name is Joe Souchere. Well, he had on uh, a Minnesota state senator, a fellow named Dan Hall, who had introduced an amendment that, uh, according to the headline of the Savage Pacer, Savage Pacer, which is a newspaper from Savage, Minnesota, which is a which is a town a little south of the uh, the Twin Cities, not way south, but a bit, you know, maybe like I don't know, thirty minute drive, forty five minute drive, I think, whatever. It's just a bit south of the Twin Cities, and um, I'm going to read you this article. And I'm going to comment as we go along because uh, he thought it'd be a good idea to do this. And when he was on Joe's show, he was saying, you know, he was surprised at the pushback. I, I didn't think it'd be controversial. What's the big deal? <clears throat> uh, this article uh, is in the Savage Pacer. Savage. Uh, and it's written by Christine Schuster. And this was dated May 9, 2018. The amendment authored by State Senator Dan Hall sparked a heated and lengthy debate in the Minnesota Senate and has caused some to question whether Burnsville... Republic, uh, the Burnsville Republicans' proposal interfered with the separation of church and state. Burnsville also is a town by near Savage. It's a little closer to the Twin Cities, but it's south of you know. The amendment, which would allow, but not mandate, schools to display the national motto, In God We Trust, in buildings, uh, it passed in the state senate as part of an omnibus education policy bill on May 1st. So, uh, let's see. When introducing the amendment, Hall said he's seen a growing lack of respect for the country, parents, police, military, elected officials, and elders. He said he was surprised by how partisan the issue was. I don't know why you're surprised. You know, the Republicans are the, you know, the party of God. <laughs> and the Democrats seem, at least on this, seem to be more uh, the party of the Constitution. There's this little thing called the Constitution, separation of church and state. You know, I know. Continuing, uh, all Republicans senators voted in favor of the amendment, and all but four Democrats voted against for a final vote of 38 to 29, which I believe 38 in favor, 29 against. Uh, there is not the respect or appreciation that there once was in my day, he said. The piece of history that our national model represents has been removed over the years. Our na national model can bring us back to a freedom of faith, even in our schools, as a reminder of hope and tolerance. And no, it won't be a cure-all, but it will be a good start, reminding our children of our heritage and once again encouraging a little hope for our future. Jeez, I thought the flag did that. We got the flag in the classroom. It's a good start. You know what that is? That's the thin end of the wedge. Let's get the wedge in. Let's see if we can get God, in God we trust in schools, and maybe we can get back to praying in schools again. You know, every morning everybody's saying the Lord's Prayer like we used to do when everything was perfect in this country, when everything was great. Remember when everything was great? You know, when everybody got along. I mean, this. Guy, you know, he's he's talking about a lack of respect and all that. He's, I'm seeing this happen and. The guy is 66 years old. He came of age in the 60s and 70s. What was going on in this country in the 60s and 70s? Was there nothing but respect for the country and for people in authority and elders? What was going on? Trust no one over 30? Don't you remember that? What happened in 1968 at the Democrat Nas National Convention? What happened there? Anybody know what happened at Kent State in 1971? Remember what happened there? You know, back when the days, that was back in the days when you could send the National Guard into the, our campuses and shoot the students. Remember? It was all just peaceful and wonderful. Everybody respected everybody. It was the 1950s and the 1960s, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. I just get to, what are you talking about? The Watts riots? Did you forget those? 
the civil rights, uh, uh, the, the 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 four kids that went down south to 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 uh, um, uh, uh, I think it was four to you know try to get the, the vote for you know, <laughs> she said black folks vote and they were killed. You know, remember the movie Mississippi Burning was was about that. This this this, this was hap- this was happening when this guy was you know was a teenager and getting into his twenties. My goodness, dude. <laughs> did, you, did you forget about all that? Well, apparently you did, because, uh, you know. Uh, so uh, I'll continue now with the article. Um, the legislation does not require any state or local funding. Instead, it allows for local school boards to accept non-public funds or in-kind contributions to help implement the display at school facilities. And it's not mandated. They don't have to put in God We Trust. But if they want, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people out there with money that will help pay for it. But there's a debate. There was a debate in it. Um, states, uh, see, Senator Scott Dibble, a Democrat from Minneapolis, voiced his opposition in the form of offering amendments to Hall's a proposal. Each amendment uh, Dibble offered changed God to a different word representing a supreme being to various cultures and faiths backgrounds represented in Minnesota schools. His amendments included proposals to substitute God for Yahweh, Allah, and Krishna, among others. I think the word God is more generic for all gods, and that is what the national motto is, Hall said during the debate. So it's best to use from my point of view, what the national motto is, and not try to change it, because then we're we're going to open Pandora's box. Really? Aren't you opening that by just proposing this? Aren't you opening that box? And come on, Senator, do, what do you think people think of when they say "In God We Trust"? You know, when the when the motto came out, they they do give a history in it that uh, it first started showing up on U.S. coins in 1864, and in 1956 it was uh, made the national motto, which I thought was "E pluribus unum." from many one, but we got to do the divisive thing in there because we got to put this in God we trust, which is this Christian thing, generally. Oh yeah, the, the, the Jews and Hindus, but not Hindus, uh, Muslims, they worship the same God, but you know. Anyway. Um, Senator Hall, that is where your argument falls right down on its face, Dibble said. The word God isn't generic to all. It's a, a specific Christian and European derivative. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, other people support it and all this kind of stuff. And uh, blah blah blah. Um, we get to Hall saying it's it's very simple. He said it is that the government should not have uh, a state church. Oh, hang on. I'll go back up a little bit. This is about church and state. Uh, Hall said he believes that much of the opposition is related to a misunderstanding of what the what separation of church and state means. It's very simple. He said. It is that the government should not have a state church, and the government can't tell us how to have our religious beliefs. It protects the church. It doesn't protect the state. It also protects the people. In fact, it more protects the people, and the people includes people who believe in multiple gods and people who don't believe in any god, like me and my wife and our son. We don't believe in God. So we don't think the phrase should even be in our national motto. And there's been you know, court cases and the Supreme Court has done, made decisions that I don't agree with and, and all that. But uh, um, it does end up saying that uh, you know, there are similar debates taking place all over the country. In states such as Tennessee, Arkansas, and Louisiana, lawmakers passed a, sim- a bill requiring, requiring the motto be displayed in public schools. And it's, well, at least Minnesota's progressive enough to not require it. It's... And there's, there's this, something that says in here, um, the Burnsville-Egan-Savage School District falls in Hall's district, and the majority of its students are non-white, according to enrollment data from the district. You know that the, the term non-white... I always bristle at that because it sounds like there's white people and then there's not white people. You know, don't you? It just just, just seems. I, I just I the limits of language doesn't. It just it makes me 
I don't know. I bristle at that a little bit. It just seems a little kind of soft races there, maybe, kind of. I don't know. Um, and also, but it doesn't tell us what religions are represented in. Are there any atheists in uh, in Burnsville, Egan, and Savage? In those towns? Are there any atheists? I'm sure there are. So I would wonder, you know, I, I thought, you know, the one senator that said, let's let's use different names for God, uh, you know, he was told to stop, to knock it off. You know, the uh, uh, lieutenant governor said, okay, you know, we get the point. <laughs> but um, I thought, well, since, since he's saying, well, it could be, you know, Anybody's God, He's just whatever your God is, it could be. But there are people that, like I said, believe in multiple gods. I know Hindus do. So, um, would it be okay if we put an S in parentheses after the word God in the in God we trust? So it's in God or gods we trust. Can we do that? Does that does that water it down? I mean, we can keep the G capitalized because the the I and the G. Uh, uh, and the W and the T are capitalized in the phrase, so you know it's like a title. Uh, so my, that's fine to keep the G capitalized. Let's not muck around with lowercase, whatever. But let's put the uh, an S in parentheses after that, so that it covers all gods, huh? right? But then, if I could raise the funds, and, and and somebody puts this display on the wall in the school, could I raise the funds to put a display under that that says there's no God? Because we want to include the atheists, don't we? They're Americans too. This First Amendment protects, and the, 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 the Bill of Rights protects the people. So, and, it, and our government's supposed to represent all of us. And in God We Trust does not represent all of us. So can I put in, there is no God under there? Or, or maybe I could soften the language. Maybe what we could do is we could put an ellipses after in God we trust, dot, 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 uh, at, at, but bear in mind, you know, it would be dot, 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 bear in mind, uh, there might be no God. <laughs> you know, we could put that in there. Just as, you know, because it just is, you know, and when I when I was seeing this, you know, the first thing I think of, and it's it's not, I'm not the first person to say this kind of thing, but it's the, well, it's good to see that all our problems have been solved. So we can spend time, we can waste time in Congress uh, coming up with this in God we trust thing because obviously we've, we've solved the school funding stuff, we've solved the property tax of, uh, levels, we've, we've solved uh, uh, you know, crime, we've solved you know, g you know, gun violence or something, which is actually going down, it's all going down. But you know, we've solved these things, we've, we've got them all taken care of. We've got uh, affordable health care for everybody or universal health care, we've got however we want to do it, we, we've got that taken care of. Of, so we're wasting our time by putting in this no because what they want to do it's a good start remember it's a good start we got to get the wedge in there and we've got God on the wall already can we start praying again you know you can pray in school you can you just can't have a you know the school force it you know if a kid wants to say grace before he eats his lunch he can but there's no you you, you don't you know, we don't say, okay, before we play, before we play the game, everybody stand up, bow your heads, and we're going to say the Lord's Prayer. Because that, if I'm not mistaken, that was the prayer that was said in schools, in the mornings, at the beginning of the day. I could be wrong, but I think it was the Lord's Prayer, which really narrows it down. You know, it it, it takes the Jews out of it, that, that, that prayer, and it takes the, the Muslims out of there for sure. Really narrows it down. So... Anyway, uh, good to see that we have all our problems solved. That's, uh, anyway, I'm going to take my next break. You're listening to Dimland uh, Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after this break. I, you know, I always do. At least I think I always do. I will return. I'll be back. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. (laughs) 
You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Carbon monoxide is a colorless, odorless gas that can be fatal. Don't use anything indoors that burns fuel, such as gasoline-powered generators, camp stoves and lanterns, or charcoal grills. Opening doors and windows or using fans isn't enough. Have your vents and chimneys checked to make sure water heater and gas furnace exhausts aren't blocked. If you feel sick, dizzy, or weak while using a generator, get to fresh air right away. From the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Hey y'all, this is Tangina. You're gonna give me whiplash looking up there too. I've cleaned many houses, and I don't know what it is that hovers over Dr. Dem's house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take his wallet away from him. And I think what we might be dealing with is the beast. Hold on, did you just say that Dr. Dem doesn't believe in poltergeists, tiny fortune tellers? Or the beast? Well, holy sh! Why the didn't somebody tell me? Anyway, Dr. Dim's a skeptic. He'll be right back on ztalkradio.com. I still think this house is clean. Your assignment is to listen to the buzz on Monday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Central on ztalkradio.com. This message will self-destruct. Listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Well, you know, don't, no Dimland Radio can be complete without uh, without one of these. Uh, let's play it. Come on, play! It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, this is a quick one. Um, I saw it, and I'll have to find the image. I'll put it up on the show notes at dimland.com. You go to the blog option, you'll get to the show notes. And remember, you can subscribe to Dimland Radio on iTunes. It's, I'm on there. If you like the show, um, leave a nice review. Give me five stars. huh? Why not? Huh? And uh, you can also follow me on Podbean, and you could probably find me on another device, uh, pod-catching things. So, uh, anyway... Um, that, that's out of the way. Saw this on the Facebook. A, fellow, a friend of mine shared it. And it's uh, it's, uh, it's two pictures set side by side. It's a little meme somebody put together. And they thought they were being clever. <laughs> and uh, the one side shows a, a, a protester uh, for the gun violence that's in the country. And, she, and she's, I think it's a she, holding a, a placard that says something. I don't have it exactly in front of me. I'm sorry. In a pedantic moment, you'd think I'd be pedantic enough to have it exactly right. But I, I don't. Okay? But she's holding and it's a sign saying, yes, we are coming for your guns. Something like that. And, uh, and then the next, the next picture is uh, a picture of Val Kilmer as the character of Doc Holliday. And, uh, and, uh, and it's from the movie Tombstone. And he's saying, so I think of the phrase is, you know, I'm here, or here I am, or something like that. He's, you know, okay, like he's, like he's accepting the challenge. And he's got his, you know, he's, he's got a six-shooter, he's, you know, he's, you know, he was a, he was a good, he was a gunsman, he, a gunman or something. He was really good with a gun, at least in the movie he was. And so, oh, and by the way, uh, when I was doing this little bit here for this little research here for it, um, in the movie Tombstone, it's, 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 this is an additional pedantic moment for you. 
in the movie Tombstone, uh, which is really good. It's a good movie. It's not great. It's gonna, a couple things I get a little, what? But it, for the most part, it's really good. It's entertaining. It's fun. Uh, when they get to the actual gunfight at the OK Corral, because remember, Tombstone is about uh, Wyatt Earp and his brothers and the Clanton gang and 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 the and the cowboys, which are this 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 gang that was terrorizing the the West, and uh, uh, and the OK Corral was uh, the gunfight there was between uh, the the Earps and Doc Holliday and the Clanton gang. You know, I don't know how many exactly were involved, but and there's a scene, there's once the shooting starts there's a guy that's hiding behind his horse and he's shooting at Doc Holiday and he's got a shotgun Holiday does a double barreled shotgun a double barreled shotgun so what Holiday does is he to get the horse out of the way he takes the shotgun and he just points it up in the air and he sh- shoots one of the barrels and that makes the horse rear up so that the guy's not hiding behind him again so then then Holiday takes the barrel down, you know, aims it at the guy and blasts him in the chest. And then the camera shot, the angle changes to behind the guy, having just been shot in the chest, and then Holiday shoots him a third time from his double-barreled shotgun. <laughs> Lower down, and the guy falls to the ground. And I thought, um, those are three shots. Shouldn't there be, shouldn't you have had to reload in there somewhere? Because there's no, there's no. It's a direct cut. That's 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 the Hollywood, the never-ending supply of bullets, kind of thing. Anyway, but that's not the that's not the pedantic moment I was getting into. What I was getting into, and I told this to the friend who posted this. I reminded him. I said, uh, "What was it that the Earps were and Doc Holliday were coming to do uh, with the Clanton gang?" at the corral. What was it they were coming to do in the movie Tombstone? Well, in case you don't remember, or in case you haven't seen it, they were coming to get their guns. Just wanted to throw that out. Okay, um, (laughs) this is a fun story. Let's see if you catch the bit of irony, or the bit of, huh? (laughs) That's in this. Uh... This is from the Evening Express, which is a, a website, a newspaper website for the UK, so, I think Scotland, some part of Scotland. Uh, and the headline, <clears throat> Caught dead-handed, Northeast Clairvoyant shocked after fraudster impersonated her and, and tried to con people out of cash. It's written by Dale Haslam. And this was this was from back in March of this year. It's just taken me this long to get to it. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Maureen Smith has been earning a living talking to dead people for 30 years. I'm sorry about the paper noise, but I have to turn the page. For 30 years, was shocked to discover a scam artist trying to con her clients out of 10 pounds each for online readings. The grandmother of nine said one of her customers came close to handing over their bank details but smelled a rat before blocking the culprit. The dead giveaway for Maureen, 71, was that when her husband, Raymond, 64, hey, get them while they're young, you know what I'm saying? You know, seven years. My wife's seven years younger than me. Anyway, uh, received a message inviting him to pay 10 pounds for a chat with his own wife. He, of course, knew that I hadn't sent him such a message and that I don't even do online consultations, so it set off a big alarm in my head, said Maureen. More than 6,500 people follow Maureen's Facebook page, a following she has built up over three decades of doing one-on-one clairvoyant readings and hosting popular medium events across the northeast of Scotland. Maureen says she can communicate with loved ones from beyond the grave and tell people the name and personal details of relatives who have passed to the other side. Whoever was behind this went through all my Facebook followers and sent... Turn the page. Sent them each a message claiming to be from me, but it was actually from a fake profile with my name, said Maureen. 
a mother of three. So she's a grandmother of nine, a mother of three. Well, you know, be fruitful and multiply. Uh, she added, the message said that they would give them an online or phone consultation for a 10-pound payment, and they were asked to send their bank details. When I found out, I was shocked. I've been doing my job for 30 years, and nothing like this has ever happened before. Maureen has now sent a message warning her Facebook followers of the scam. And here's, I, I, this, here's her, her end quote for the... Uh, <clears throat> for the article. It is a bit scary that someone has impersonated me and wants to use the reputation I have built up in an attempt to scam people. It remains a mystery who was responsible for this, but I have my eye out for any future scams. And Maureen, you might want to try looking in a mirror first. How dare some con artist come along and scam the people that I've been scamming by saying that I'm talking to dead people to get their names and personal details. Stuff that the dead, that the living people already know. Now, okay, I'm sure, I'm sure this woman believes she can do what she claims she can do for the last 30 years. I'm sure she believes it. I don't accept that there, there's no such thing Maybe as psychics. There's no such thing. Maybe she's the one. Maybe she's the one that can really do it. I doubt it. I think she's uh, she's conning herself. Uh, that's you know that's she doesn't realize it. She may be perfectly honest in what she's doing, as far as what she says she's doing, but uh, no. Uh, well, um, she's you know I was gonna do a three cool things, but you know the show's just been okay. I'll do it. <laughs> Number three. As, uh, as always, the second Thursday of the month came by, and that means this meet-up with the Minnesota skeptics. And uh, uh, Erica, who uh, hadn't been there in quite a while, came in again. It was nice to see her, so that was cool. And number two, uh, there's a, I'll link to it, and you can find more videos for it. There's this comedy group, uh, troupe or whatever, called Women, Women Comedy, and, but they're men. And so it's. I'm not sure what they're, why they call themselves that, but the stuff is funny. It's a bit body. It's a bit, you know, dirty a little bit. But then there's. It, it's funny. It's very funny stuff. And um and and so my wife showed it to me, and I and I just I cracked up. I really liked what they're doing. And isn't the internet really awesome? Because I was watching that 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 Yankees Red Sox ball game, and there was a guy sitting in the crowd. And I recognized him. I couldn't think of who he was. Now, I have a, the superpower of being a super recognizer. I spot faces and I recognize people, but I don't always catch the name. But I said, I know I've seen that actor in some movie, or I know I've seen that person somewhere. In fact, sitting behind home plate, his face, just the, just the tiniest bit bigger than a dot, was Rudy Giuliani. And I said to Amy, look, there's Rudy Giuliani. And she's like, eh, uh-huh. It is. Look, it's him. It looks like him. And then later in the game, they they pointed him out that he was at the game, huh? Huh? Pretty good, huh? But do you think do you think my wife cares? No, she just like whatever, dear. Thank you. Yeah, no, she's fine. She's great. Anyway, anyway, so I'm looking at this other face and I can't think of who it is now. Last week I told you one of the cool things was that I learned how to screen capture on the Mac here. So I'm doing some screen capture of this face. The the pictures aren't great, but it's the best I could offer. And I put it up on Facebook and I said, who is this guy? I recognize him. He looks like somebody. And Somebody recognized him. It was Brian Green. He's the string theory guy, the scientist that uh, that's that thinks that string theory might be might be a way of connecting the quantum to to the to the rest of the universe ideas. It might be a unifying theory. Unifying theory might be might be. But how cool is that? Somebody spotted that. And, and was able to put a name to the guy's face. I said, yes, that's it. So 10 points to that person. So, yeah, that's three cool things. I hope you've had at least one cool thing happen, if not three, but one cool thing happened to you this last week. Good night. Uh, Doesn't mean glue. Good night, Frau Blucher. Okay, well, that means that uh, we've come to the end of another Dimland Radio. Uh, remember to be skeptical and that uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, you have been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Tim Fitzsimmons, and I'm reminding you all to sleep with the lights off.
can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.